Crack that whip. Give the past a slip. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. Before the cream sets out too long, you must whip it. When something's gone wrong, you must whip it. Now whip it into shape. Shape it up. Get straight. Go forward. Move ahead. Try to detect it. It's not too late to whip it. Whip it good. Brian Lind, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast, is on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, when he went missing. Okay, we are back. Um, welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, my name is Clark McCarthy, and I'm sitting here with uh, Owen Ingmar. How are you doing, Owen? I'm doing well. Small piece of news. I recently discovered that my last name is Swedish. So I'm looking uh, to see if I can't get extradited to Sweden. And larger bit of information, uh, I've, I recently rented American Gigolo. I've yet to watch it but I just want people to know that I am doing my research. Um, we got a lot of feedback that I might be being an irresponsible gigolo. And so I want people to know that I have rented the movie and I will be watching it as soon as I can locate a VCR, a working VCR. So for just to catch people up, Owen is in, uh, I guess, in the, I don't know how you phrase it, in the gigolo arts, uh, in the gigolo <laughs> business. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes. Former uh, juggalo, new found gigolo. And now that you're saying that, that could be a crossover <laughs> that maybe is an untapped market of jiggling as a juggalo. Yeah, gigolo juggalos. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine there's probably someone who loves the Dark Carnival who might want to uh, have some intercourse and maybe drink a Fago afterward or before <laughs> or during, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to look into more of the uh, woo, uh, gigolo juggaloing. Um, that's correct. I am in the gigolo arts, juggle, gigolo arts. Uh, the manager of the motel that I'm staying at has reluctantly become my pimp um, based on an 80-20 split, 80 to them. And uh, business is booming. So I have yet to get a chance to fulfill my karate duties that you uh, prescribed me. Um, but know that, uh, how, how do I put this? Every day in the business is making me more fit for a successful karate um, match later in life. Sure. With the FBI agent whose house I blew up. Yeah, of course. I, I can see that. I, I think one of the most important things that maybe not a lot of martial arts instructors outside of myself know is that to be a complete martial artist, you need to live a complete life. Okay. Um, you need to know the different scenarios where in which you might need to hit someone with a baseball bat or roundhouse kick someone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's lovely that you're going out there and you're putting yourself out there. Congratulations on the thriving business, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank what do you, you attribute that to? Like, are you marketing? What, what's, what's putting you out there? 
Um, well, if I'm honest, uh, most of my business um, is primarily coming from two sisters. Um, they're uh, twins, uh, but nothing freaky. Uh, they don't do anything together. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm real quick, real quick. Let me just stop and say, and twins. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, uh, they are both, um, they're twins. They've got raspy voices. They're a <laughs> bit of smokers. Um, they have a third sister whose name I feel like I can mention because uh, she's not participating. Marge, uh, who um, lives, who is married and has a, a couple of kids. Um, but these two are uh, bachelorettes and they basically have been uh, passing me back and forth like a bag of smokes. And that has been my primary business. Well, I mean, congratulations. Uh, you know, like with restaurants, most of business is from repeat customers. And mm -hmm. I assume the same is with gigoloing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious to see how that unfolds. You know, I'm curious <laughs> to see too. the dichotomy or the dynamics. Let me ask you, though, you're talking about going to Sweden. What, what inspired this? Well, I found out my last name uh, is Swedish. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I found that out. Um, I, uh, by happenstance, I was at the post office um, uh, sending out packages of my underwear uh, to Japan, <laughs> unsolicited. Uh, but I figure once they get there, there'll be a little market. I've heard about a number of women making quite a pretty penny putting their panties in vending machines. So I mm -hmm. figure I'm a feminist. I'm of 2020. Uh, throw my uh, underoos in the mix. And while I was there, I saw someone filling out an Ancestry.com uh, thing. You know, uh, a little of this, a little of that. I was able to get the package before he mailed it off swap out his spit with my spit and change the address and bing bang boom i got an ancestry.com uh, report and i am 1 16th swedish wow that is incredible um <laughs> mm -hmm. i you know uh, obviously don't see race or color or anything so i would i would never have guessed that i never would have tried to because i'm a good person <laughs> mm -hmm. But I just want to say congrats, you know? It's always great to learn more about who you are and, and what makes you you. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. Speaking of what makes me me, what makes you you? Um, what's, what's new with you? Well, uh, what makes me me this week, I would say chocolate. <laughs> I have been going on a chocolate binge. Um, I recently discovered dark chocolate. Okay. Um, I never tried it before. Um, I assumed it was kind of like white chocolate where it's not actually chocolate, but nope, dark chocolate's real chocolate. And I am intrigued. So I have been taking little nibbles off. If I, you can't see it on camera, but if you look at my kitchen, there's 36, 37 open chocolate bars that mm. all have little nibbles taken out. Oh. I'll take the tiniest little nibbles because you got to give yourself a treat. So I'll do that. I've been doing a lot of that. 
And that, mm-hmm. might I add, that explains the mug you're holding that says, candy is a dirty word every time I say it, I wash my mouth out with mm-hmm. chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. This is, <laughs> when I discovered dark chocolate, I said, I need a mug to go with it. I need a mug to go with this. And uh, lo and behold, I found a great one at Ross for Dress for Less. And um, so that has been, oh my goodness. I uh, love that for you. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's been like a game changer. You know, I've been really down lately because I, I lost my business and I've been trying to restart in martial arts. Um, and a lot of the haters have come at me in the comments telling me, you know, baseball bats are not martial arts and you are a master uh stop calling yourself sensei um (laughs) so they do acknowledge that you are a master they just they just have they take issue with you not being a full sensei um i you know i think they kind of take issue with all of it really they they said i shouldn't call myself a master that i shouldn't call myself a sensei um, I should not bow so much. I bow an inappropriately large amount for a class. Uh, most people bow at the beginning and end. I'll bow every time I do a move. Mm-hmm. I'll bow at the start pretty much every it's sentence. It's respectful. It's respectful. Yeah. Because if you're going to fight an opponent, you should respect your opponent that you're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have just been spending – I've been delving into the case. I've been doing a deep dive. Um, I have been, since you've been out of town, um, and you're kind of our Brian expert in so much as like getting into him, I have been, uh, going to his house. I've been putting on his clothes. I have been just walking around the town, getting a little bit of that Brian swagger. Hey, I appreciate you taking up the mantle. That's great to hear. Well, I mean, I can't fill your shoes but i can try to fill his (laughs) (laughs) that's right nobody else is filling them that we know of no um yeah and also i have i'm trying to think what else i've been doing this week um slow cooking roasts oh um yeah not much to say about that i just uh like to slow cook a roast so oh that's delightful yeah well listen i i think we can jump right into today's episode if, you, if you're comfortable with it. I would love that. All right. Well, um, so uh, we have a guest here. Would you mind introducing yourself and letting us know your relation to the case? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, I am Candy Borgman. That's Borgman with a hard Borg. Uh, and I was Brian's bungee buddy. <laughs> he didn't really like that term, but uh, I, I always said that nonetheless. Oh, mm. so Triple B, Borg, yeah. Bungee Buddy. I love a good branding moment, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, he's sometimes a stickler. He's a little sarcastic sometimes. But I think he liked it deep down. <laughs> I, I was unaware that he was sarcastic. Well, maybe, with me, at least. That's the way I took some of the things he said, maybe just to protect my own heart. But, you know, I, that, it absolutely could be true. That would explain him calling himself a proud virgin. Uh, if I'm honest. So that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. Proud of which, you know, now after the years that I've known him, it's like, who knows if that's true, but that's actually one of the first things we connected on, you know, him being a virgin. I was a half virgin. Um, so 
Mm. Okay. Bark, and would if, you like to <laughs> take yeah, that one? <laughs> I do have a question about that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't mind elaborating on the term half virgin and what that exactly entails. Let's see. I just, sorry, it's just getting a little nervous in front of, uh, I, am I allowed to be crass on this? Am I allowed to, because I use some language? <laughs> as long not... as you don't uh, besmirch the Eagles or the Rainforest Cafe. Uh, oh no, huge fan of the cafe. Huge fan of the cafe. Don't you worry, boys. Fantastic. Um, well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a half virgin anymore. I've gone all the way since, but um, when I was a half virgin, I couldn't claim the whole title of virgin because someone, um, someone had made love to my armpit before mm. in a very sensual way. And so I just didn't feel fair claiming the whole virgin title. Mm. But we still connected mm. on that nonetheless, you know. Okay. And and when just to be clear, <laughs> when you mean in a sensual way, did you mean there were candles, maybe oil? Yes, yes, all of that was involved. I mean, there was a playlist as, you know, the things you do, the things you do for, you know, a lover. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't my idea per se, but the gentleman caller that I was seeing at the time, he... uh it wasn't his first rodeo with that kind of thing, you know? You know okay. what he wanted. Yeah, mm, so it's okay. his idea to yes, make love your yes. armpit. Okay. But blah, blah, blah. That's just a little speckle in my history, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, uh, you've been bungee jumping. How long have you been bungee jumping? Uh, I would say I've been bungee jumping for about five years. And then me and Brian probably first connected four years ago and then kind of had been bungeeing together ever since. Yeah. Wow. And what got you into bungeeing? Well, it's kind of a crazy story. So I, I didn't really know anything about the sport at all. You know, I'm kind of a, a one hobby woman. Um, and my main passion is that I'm a, I'm a whippet breeder. I breed whippets. Are you familiar with the breed? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm cousin of a greyhound. Dog. Cousin of a greyhound. A little bit smaller. A little bit slenderer <laughs> in the face. A whippet. A whippet. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'm not familiar with a whippet. This country is falling apart. Common <laughs> man doesn't know what a whippet is anymore. Jeez. Well, anyways. I'm a whippet breeder. I mean, you guys look up the breed. The most beautiful thing in the world is seeing the newborn face of a whippet, you know, peeking out of its mother's vagina, entering the world, ready to be a loving companion to someone. Mm. So, mm. And you consider that, that was a hobby or a It was a vocation? hobby that turned into my job. I'm now a full-blown whippet breeder. That's how I make my money. I mean, I have one that's about to pop right now in the other room. There's whippets. You don't want to know how many whippets are in this house, okay? But, you know, I make a good, I make a good little bag of coin off of these, off of these babies. Oh, oh okay. Mm. No, that's, that's lovely. I, I, we've had a little experience with dog breeding in, uh, in past episodes, and it was less, um, I guess, wholesome, less sweet. Yeah. Um, well, they're yeah. the most wholesome things in the world. It sounds like it. So you started, uh, so you were a whippet breeder, are a whippet yes. breeder. Yes, yes. And so one day I was at a Petco and long story short, I got in an altercation with someone there and they were like, let's, they, long story short, we ended up going to the roof of the Petco and we were kind of having a spat. We were yelling a lot. I was protecting my whippets, you know, reputation. And I got kind of tangled up in a garden hose that was up there and then 
fell off the roof. The garden hose kind of caught me. Um, it didn't really bring me back up because it wasn't like the bungee material. But when I was hanging there upside down, I just had felt a thrill that I had never felt in my life before. And I said, is there a way to do this again, but not on accident? And lo and behold, there was. The internet really led me to the bungee world. And that's what kind of got me started. Wow. I mean, you really took, uh, you really took um, a negative thing and turned it into a positive thing. I'm not sure if there's a better way to say that. No, no. I think that's, I think that's right on the money. Right on the money. I mm -hmm. mean, and now I have two great loves, whippets and bungee jumping. I mean, what more could a woman want? <laughs> it seems like you might be a natural bungeeist. I mean, I don't, I don't like to brag about myself, but yeah, it comes pretty easy and I'm pretty damn good <laughs> from what I can tell, at least, you know, from all the little videos I watch and, you know, all the jumps I do. And what, uh, what would you say is like the most challenging or, or interesting jump you've done? There was this one time I had brought my uh, Whippet Bluebell with me uh, to Quesadilla Bridge. That's where me and Brian like to go a lot, a lot of times. You know, it's a beautiful, it's a high up bridge and there's water below. So if anything were to go wrong, you're just plopping into God's great uh, little puddle right there. It's, it's called Quesadilla Bridge. That's not the formal name. I call it Quesadilla Bridge because I like to bring a quesadilla there when I jump from there. I always like to pack a to-go quesadilla. I have these big uh, pockets in my cargo shorts that I wear when I bungee, and they actually fit quite well in a little Ziploc if you just kind of flatten it up right there and tuck her in. Okay, so you have a loose quesadilla in your pocket when you jump off. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. I've learned my lesson before. One time I left it in there and then I took a jump and it flew out. But usually I consume it, you know, before or after and I'll have Brian hold it, you know, while I take the jump. Oh, what were we talking? Oh, my brains are like scrambled eggs. Okay, back to the story. So I was at Quesadilla Bridge. I had brought my Whippet Bluebell with me and I had a dream. I had a dream and I said, I'm a woman of two passions now. Is there a way for me to connect these passions? And so I had ordered a, a baby Bjorn off of Amazon. <laughs> and I had thought I would love my Bluebell to experience this uh, experience with me. And so obviously when you're bungee, I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but you tie the bungees around your ankles. So when you're bungeeing, you're upside down, head is down. Okay. So if you're wearing the baby Bjorn upright and if you bungee jump, little Bluebell's going to slip down. You know, he's mm -hmm. going to slip off. So I thought I'm going to wear the baby Bjorn upside down. So then when mm -hmm. I jump, Bluebell's kept in safe. Okay. Long story short, it turned out to be a very tough and hard experience because when I did jump, um, Bluebell stayed in on the way down, popped up on the way out, <laughs> mm -hmm. flew into the water. I hate to say, I don't want to, can I say this off the record? I don't want to tarnish my reputation. Sure. Um, sure Blue, yeah. Bluebell did drown. Okay. Wow. So I'm surprised I it wasn't that the was, fall. Yeah. <laughs> no, it actually was really even worse because it poked its little head up one more and kind of did a little yap and then went down to the bottom. Yikes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say that's been my hardest jump so far. Hmm. That sounds traumatic. Was Brian there for that? 
he was, he was, and you know, he comforted me in his own way, but he was, he's a good friend. He's a good friend. You know, we, he, he, he's a funny guy. He doesn't get into that much personal minutia about his life, but, uh, we talk about enough, you know, that he was, he was very comforting. He knows how important my whippets are to me. Um, so yeah, he was there and he, I actually, you know, he was holding my quesadilla. So we, I kind of cried over my quesadilla and then we ate it and then you got to kind of say things happen. And, and that on. was it, huh? And that was it. That was it. Was that your, was Bluebell your only whippet at the time? Oh no, I had 24 more at home. So that really <laughs> helped soften the blow. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'm not clear. Why bring, uh, why bring the uh, Bluebell? I, I mean, I mentioned before, I mean, now I see that I maybe was full, foolish I wanted to combine my two passions. I wanted to, you know, as a single woman, I don't really get to experience a moment of, you know, climax per se in my life that often. And that I wanted pure bliss. I wanted that Mm -hmm. climax moment of having the two things that I love most in the world happening at the same time. I get, um, I get that. I understand that. Um, But I've learned from, I've learned from my mistakes. Okay. I am no longer trying those kinds of antics. Okay. I keep it separate. Separate but equal, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be, uh, it would be troubling if you were repeatedly throwing dogs off of bridges. Oh, but... no, I, I even lost my marbles completely. Come yeah. on. No, no, I, and I don't mean to assert that you have. I see that you're still wearing a baby Bjorn, though, with a dog inside. Oh, yes, I like to keep them close. This is one of the ones from our most recent litter. Uh, haven't given her a name yet, so I kind of call her something different every day. <laughs> See mm-hmm. which one sticks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but uh, she was kind of stressed out, you know, because we have others, you know, that are sometimes going into labor, and that can be stressful for the other ones in the house. Okay. But you keep saying we. Yeah, we as a collective household. <laughs> okay. This isn't related as I said to... Before, as Sorry. I said before, I'm a single woman. I, you know, I'm single and... Uh, not mingling, but ready for marriage in a household full of whippets. But, you know, that comes on its own time. Mm. Sure, sure. I, I'm curious, um, did you ever have a romantic relationship with Brian? I always, if I'm going to be honest here, I always had a crush on Brian. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was Brian's cup of tea. I think he also had a few other women in his life that were kind of orbiting around him that he was more so tuned into. And uh, I know where I fall in the rankings of life. I feel I know where I stand. So I could tell that he wasn't as interested. So I just accepted friendship, you know. But when I first, when we first connected, uh, it, it definitely was a crush at first. And then I kind of let it mellow into a friendship. Mm. Okay. What did you like about Brian? He had a way with words. Um, the way we actually met, um, we met initially um, on Amazon reviews. So he had left a review for a certain glue that apparently he uses for paper mache, which I did not know at the time. And I use in case I have to do an emergency C-section on a whippet in labor, you know, to kind of glue him back up. Um, but I really liked the way he left the lengthiest review. It was so helpful. Um, I really just liked the way he talked and I, I, I kind of connected with him. I commented back, we started messaging. Lo and behold, we eventually figured out we were both bungeers. 
uh, hence the eventual road to the bean cubbing bungee buddies. But uh, and then we finally met up to have our first uh, bungee date. And from there on, it was kind of history, a fast friendship. Was the glue effective in gluing up the dogs? Uh, it needed other things. It wasn't as strong as I had liked it to be. Uh, I ended up having to use a little bit of painter's tape on the edges, but... That seems like the weakest of tapes. It's all I had in the house, okay? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, she ended up having a full recovery, and she actually had four more litters after that, so... Okay. What, what's your preferred method now for uh, sealing up a dog after a C-section? Oh, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, There's YouTube so, videos on that? Not specifically for whippets because that's very niche, but uh, you know, about people giving stitches. I just looked up stitches hmm. and kind of had read a little bit about C-section. So now I just kind of use uh, my grandmother's sewing kit. I found that works well. And then again, I buy uh, the special thread off of Amazon. So. Again, like I'm saying, I'm a woman who learns from her mistakes, and I'm always here to improve. So then you became fast friends with Brian. You're raising whippets. He's dabbling in uh, paper mache. Um, we haven't. I don't think we've really come across a straight single source of income for Brian. How often would you see each other for bungeeing? You know what? We made sure it was once a month at least. Mm. Uh, but sometimes during better, you know, the warmer months and stuff, we would go a, a little bit more, but it was kind of based on our schedules. But we always, I always told him, I said, Brian, you know, I need my fix at least once a month. And you know, I need it with my favorite bungee buddy. Can I say that for someone who's lost a dog bungee jumping and, and uh, your bungee jumping buddy, you're incredibly chipper. Is that a, uh, have you always been that way? The Whippets really helped me become more mm -hmm. positive. Um, I had an experience, um, this might be, some people might not agree with this, might be a little <laughs> too crazy, but um, when I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled many, many years ago, when I went under the anesthesia, I kind of had a vision um, that really kind of changed my life. A, a Whippet kind of came to me. I also saw my dead mother. And uh, from then on, I just decided to make the most of every day because I kind of had found a new purpose and kind of had a new breath of fresh air after that. Wow. When did, if you don't mind me asking, when did you lose your mom? How old? I guess I was 17. Mm. So young. Yeah. I'm very sorry to hear that. Oh, it's okay. She was a, she was a not nice woman. <laughs> <laughs> So we didn't get along, but you know what? I wish her well. I think she's off prancing in the skies now. Hopefully she's doing fine. You said that you saw her, that you got a message from her? Yeah, I saw her and then I saw a Whippet and the Whippet kind of was, that's what led me to become a breeder. Um, and then my mother, when she appeared to me, she just short, sort of yelled at me. And, th and that just made me realize, oh, I shouldn't be like my mother. I should be a, a positive and chipper mm. person. What did she yell? She yelled, that shirt is two sizes too big. <laughs> you have oatmeal on your cheek. And I'm leaving for the store and I don't know when I'm going to come back. <laughs> so was that the last thing you heard from her or was that accurate to how you were dressed in the moment? No, I think it was just a general. That's kind of how she was. That was her way. 
you know, if certain people had a tag, you know how like if, if some people you think of a tagline for them, that would be like a tagline of hers. Your shirt mm. is two sizes too big. There's oatmeal on your face. I'm going to the store and I don't know when I'm going to come back. You know, like if she was a, if she was a real housewife, that would be her, her slogan. Got it. So it's purely coincidence that it appears you are wearing a shirt two sizes too big and you do have oatmeal on your face. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's the thing about this world. Like it kind of just kind of works that way. Suddenly you find yourself being the person that, you know, it was spoken over you. It's just, but mm. it's hard. And, you know, my physical appearance isn't that important to me. You know, I got a lot to do. I'm a busy, I'm a busy girl. So, sure, you know, and sure. Brian never, he, he, he never minded. He never minded my sloppy appearance. How would you describe Brian as a person? I feel like I never, even though he was a, I felt that he was a good guy. He was always great to me. We had a nice time. But I could kind of tell that he kind of played a little differently to each person he had in his life. You know what I mean? That I feel like he was kind of a chameleon in ways that, you know, you're kind of acting different with all these different people. I don't really often know who the true Brian was. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, that kind it of does. lines up with what we know of Brian. Um, seems like a complicated man who, who wanted different people to see him different ways, I think. Yeah. Um, but with me, he was, he was always kind. We always had a good chat and a laugh. You know, I believe it or not, uh, can be a real ball buster. So we like, <coughs> we like to really, uh, throw little jabs at each other, but he, I think bungee jumping for him was a very kind of like spiritual experience. And that's why we definitely went once a month. Uh, but I don't know the last time we went bungee jumping, he was a little, not himself. He wasn't as, ready to do it and he seemed a little nervous and I don't know he just was a little quieter than usual what would you say do you do you think you'd have any theory as to why he was acting a little differently did he bring up anything in his personal life some women revolving in his life um he was he never gave me money details but it seemed to be juggling a lot and he seemed to have I think he was weighed down with some secrets that he was holding you know mm -hmm. Um, also, he always referred to his work very vaguely, and I never knew what it was, uh, but sometimes he would get these phone calls, and he would have to walk away, and it seemed to really ruffle his feathers. So do you have any theories on what might have happened? I don't like the paper mache community. I've never gotten good vibes off of them, so I don't really know what happened to him, but I would say look into all the people involved <laughs> with that around him, because I don't like them. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the first negative attitude you've had about anything so far. I mean, yeah, I just they just rub me the wrong way. They're so proud of all of them with their nimble fingers that they're able to create these little creations. Looking down on us people, you know, they just say we throw our body off a off a bridge with a little mm -hmm. string attached when it's it's more than that. It's more than that. So they, you know, I don't like how they think they're better than a lot of people. You know, in the, a little of the research we did, it did look as if your mom was one of the originators of original bungee jumping, ho the hobby of bungee jumping. Or, I'm sorry, paper mache. <clears throat> yeah, I am. Um... I don't really like to talk about that. Um, that's why I didn't okay. bring it up, but it's, it is true. Um, my mother was an avid paper macheist um, for even six months. 
she made us live in a house that she had made out of paper mache. Mm. Um, and our whole life was consumed by it. Um, and because I wasn't a natural at it, I think that's one of the reasons she didn't like me very much. And I guess maybe her being a part of the paper mache community, yeah, has kind of, you know, changed my view on them, maybe unfairly, but I still stand by it because I've met others who are not quite nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just when you get spanked with a paper mache spatula so many times, it's just you can't help but think, you know, bad things. Mm-hmm. Sure. And according to the local article I'm reading here, when she was interviewed, she said, well, I have uh, two and a half kids. And they asked her to elaborate. And she said, well, I have two paper mache kids and one human kid that she considered the half. Did yeah. you have paper mache siblings? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> so my mother, before she had me, she had co- constructed two uh, children made out of paper mache, um, Amber and um, I don't even like to say his name, Carl. Um, He was the favorite. Um, But yeah, she always, she spoke to them. She treated them better than me. Um, she, She didn't even really like my appearance. I don't think she ever wanted to get pregnant with a real human child. She always valued her paper mache children over me and it's just like mom they can't even eat the oatmeal that you're making for us it actually makes their jawline soggy Mm. mom Mm -hmm. why do you like them better than me (laughs) yeah i i this kind of actually feeds into something that we that we found in our research as well which is it seems like your mother was one of the original tactical paper mache enthusiasts (laughs) because she wanted to protect her, her, what she described as her real children. So she was paper mache knives and swords and, you know, various things like that. Um, but, you know, the way you describe it, it's kind of like a, um, oh, it's like that situation where that lady uh, uh, poisoned her kid or, I'm thinking of The Sixth Sense, actually. I'm thinking of that scene from The Sixth Sense where Misha Barton's character was poisoned by her mom. It's, it sounds like that, but with oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't pretty. I mean... Is it like that, but with oatmeal? I could... I guess, yeah, in a way. Okay, great. I'm gonna put that in the notes. Yeah. Um, And it was... Make sure you put it was plain oatmeal. She never gave us cinnamon or anything. Hmm. Okay, well... That's that's awful. I'm so sorry, truly. Thank you. Um, But yeah, she had all sorts of weapons around the house. During... Before she eventually died she would spend most of her day in the back room just hunched over a pile of shredded paper and then glue and just really going to town on things. I mean, we weren't, I wasn't allowed to leave the house uh, during those last months. She was very paranoid. Um, She had all sorts of daggers and swords and she was working on a revolver um, and she did have a catapult in the back too, though she never put it to use. Interesting. That's pretty remarkable, a catapult. Where are your siblings now? So my mom in her will um, left everything to Amber and Carl. Um, So the house that she had, all of her money that she had, they are still sitting in her house 
surrounded by piles of money that I had to go get from the bank and give to them. And they were standing mm. there with their same little smirk on their face that they've had for my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I just had to leave them in that house. And I swear to God, I know this sounds amazing. <laughs> I swear to God, it was, I could see them give me the middle finger as I walked away. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I looked at, when I think about that, I was like, maybe my mother, before she died, she paper macheed a little middle finger to stick up. <laughs> just cause it she sounds knew. like she was very talented. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I remarkable. Mean, they're still there. Um, and I, I have to say, I'm, I'm scared to go back. I, I don't want to visit. Mm. For sure. And I think your, your mother may have built in a protection for your, for your siblings and so much as if all the cash is in the house, you can't, you know, burn the house down because that'll burn. Oh no. Down. My mother loved home alone. And that's the only other thing she loved besides her two paper mache children and paper mache itself. So I, I know for a fact that house is probably booby trapped left and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did uh, actually pull a news article about a couple of local bandits who tried to break into her house and were, decapitated with paint cans <laughs> mm. yeah it's not wacky in real life <laughs> yeah i mean that's the kind of woman she was mm. that's the kind of woman she was well that's very unfortunate i'm so sorry to hear that um, it's okay i mean brian was always understand understanding about that because from the little bits again he was didn't tell me too much about his personal life but the little bits that i heard he wasn't very close to his mother either i don't think mm. she was as mean to him as my mother was to me and i don't think he had two paper mache siblings but um we did bond over that not having a close relationship with our mothers mm. um. I mean, that sounds really tough, honestly. Um, is there anything, I guess, if you could tell Brian anything right now, what would you tell him? I would tell Brian, number one, I need my bungee buddy back. I, I don't like doing this hobby alone. Um, once we start doing it together, it's just, I think it was the release we both needed in this life. Uh, number two, we need you back. Everyone needs you back. And I don't care what kind of sticky situation you've gotten yourself into. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. If someone's trying to hurt you, we are looking for you. And I don't know. I mean, also all the whippets miss you. They really do. And I just hope you guys are working your hardest to find him. And I mean, he was just, the last time I saw him, he was nervous. And thinking back, I just hate to think that someone's holding ill will against him and has you know maybe brought him to a place where he's no longer with us well, well that's very kind and i don't be hard on yourself at all um brian was a mysterious man and there's a lot he kept from a lot of people and you can't know you, there's no way you could know that the last time you saw him was going to be the last time you saw him uh and yeah. i'm sure i'm sure he w wishes he could say hi to 24 whippets well i think while well, i've been talking to you i heard uh <laughs> i heard missy go into labor here so i think we're gonna be around 28 to 29 hopefully soon okay wow but um 
the last thing I wanted to say is I didn't mention before, and I don't know if it's of any importance, but um, when I saw Brian, well, the last time I saw him, I did notice he was wearing a new friendship bracelet, and I'd never seen him wear a bracelet before like that. And I, I just noticed that oh. he was wearing that, and I don't know if that means anything, but I just wanted to put that piece of information out there, that he was a man of, he just, he didn't wear much accessories, you know, and that was new. Wow. Did it say anything, the friendship bracelet? Um, TTYL. Talk which, to you later? Talk to you later, yeah. Mm. So I don't really know what that means. Um, Interesting. But knowing him, he doesn't usually wear things like that. Mm. Had, had you or he ever exchanged gifts? He did get me an adult book, which wasn't exactly up my alley. Um, and then I gave him, uh, as a thank you, I gave him a book that I'm working on uh, called uh, Fifty Shades of Greyhounds. Mm. What's that book about? <laughs> it's just a coffee table book that has 50 <laughs> pictures of different greyhounds and all different shades of grey. Mm. Okay. I feel like you're maybe missing out on a market there. I mean, it... <sighs> Brian said, Brian said it wasn't up his alley and I don't know. I just, I put that project on hold, but I did make the prototype and I did give it to him. So I hope he still has it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you I gave him the only copy? Yeah. I mean, I have the pages. If I wanted to put another one into print, I could, but that was the only one I had made a physical copy of that you can touch, 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 you know, there. I have other ones on my my big old Dell computer over there, the pages, but mm. none printed out. And there was no play on words involving Whippet that came to mind? No, unfortunately. Okay. I actually went and saw a psychic to try to get her to help me with that, and there was no luck there. <laughs> I mean, whip, you know, candies, whips, it just sounds, then mime involved, I just... It was hard. I couldn't get there. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sorry it didn't work out. It's okay. You know, as I say, everything happens for a reason, except, you know, this situation with Brian missing. I, I hope there is a big reason behind the reason why he's gone for a while, and I hope he comes back and he gets to share with us that reason. Yes. Yeah. Us I, too. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more we look into it, to be perfectly frank, the more I think it is related to his many um, enemies in uh, the underworld. Um, yes. Yeah. The I think underworld? you might have been the purest thing in his life. Yeah, truly talking to you is astonishing. What a nice and like gentle and kind person you are, because we have talked to many drug dealers and mobsters. <laughs> and mm -hmm. vicious criminals. Yeah. I mean, he was a good guy. I told you his, I mean, the nickname he had for me, uh, he always called me his little alibi, you know? And I thought that was cute. <laughs> okay, that pretty much, that kind of brings it all together for me. <laughs> yes. He said it was like, he said it was a nickname that he uh, heard in Ireland one time and he thought it was it i thought that was very sweet that yes that is yeah <laughs> very sweet um just a quick aside because i know you had to go soon you you uh there is a dog giving birth 
uh, yeah. just off camera. But um, I'm curious, how often did he ever come like sweaty or out of covered in blood or anything like that? Um, there was one time his shirt had some blood on it, but he always told me that he had chronic nosebleeds. So I never, he told me that up front. So I never really second guessed that. Uh, another time, uh, the only other strange thing I can think of is one time when he jumped and he was going down, um, suddenly all this cash started flying out of his pockets. Mm. Um, and at the time after he came back up, I was like, Brian, what's, what's with the, the dollar dollar bill? But he said, he tried to tell me that they were fake dollars, like the ones at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and I, I tried to believe him again because I try to be a good friend. But if I think about it, it's like, I think it was a real dollar. I think they were real dollar dollar bills. And I think they were big dollar dollar bills, not in size, but in, uh, you know, hundred dollar bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I guess that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Everything we know about him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have any final questions or anything right now? Uh, is there, I don't know. Is there any, uh, what, uh, if people are interested in Whippets, what, how could they, how could they contact you? Okay. Everyone should be interested in Whippets. So this is a okay. great question. Um, you can go to candieswhips.com. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Um, I actually live stream the births. So I'm going to go live in a little bit. So if you want to catch me doing that. And um, I will say up front, they are pricey. But there is no price tag on a perfect companion with a slender, slender head and feeble little bones who seems to look like they hold the wisdom of the world. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. They're beautiful dogs. You really got to check them out. Come out to, come out to my house anytime. I'll give you a tour. Um, they're, they're great little, great little buddies. Yeah. It does seem from the angle that your house is sort of overrun with whippets almost. Oh they yeah. Um, on every surface. Mm-hmm. I, um, little Charles, he's, he's one of my main guys. He, he loves to even live in the cabinet. So it's like you open up for a, a glass of water, four glasses of water are shattering. And then little Charles is sitting there just waiting, waiting to say mm -hmm. hello. But yeah, my, it, sometimes it gets out of control. Uh, yes. I, I, I don't like the cops, so I've never called them, but there's been times when I've been tempted to be like, what's a number that I can call for some relief because I feel like I am, I am being over uh, controlled by all these whippets, but they're the loves mm -hmm. of my life. Over the course of this interview, um, less and less of you has been visible and now all I can make out are your <laughs> bright white teeth amongst a pile of dogs. Yeah, thank you so much. I actually these are these are fresh teeth. They're fakers. I uh, I got a, I got my old ones replaced last year because the, the my income was so great because the whippets get off get off no no no. <laughs> you are delightfully sweet. Yes. Uh, well, thank you guys. I just hope you find my bungee buddy. I I just I wish that more than anything in the world. We do too. Yeah, and we we'll let you know if there's any updates and keep us posted on that book. I'll I would purchase a copy. It would be nice to have something uh, for Selma and Patty to read. Yeah. Okay. 
And I also, uh, just to be clear, it does look <laughs> like that dog has moved into this room to finish the birthing process. Yep. So um, as like you can it... see, if you want to get a good view, uh, okay, come on up. She's come up to my lap. Okay, it looks like. Hmm. Yep. You know, the placenta is going to be here any second, okay? Okay. Right. She's gotten the rest out. Okay. So. Okay, great. Well, we're going to let you go. Seems like your hands are full. But thank you okay, so much for the time. Thank you so much, you good little misters. Yeah, keep doing the good work. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at Deception Pod on Instagram and Twitter.